Welcome to the Water Walkers podcast. Every Christ follower experiences moments like Peter when Jesus called him out of the boat and onto the water. This podcast can help encourage other leaders as they learn to follow the voice of Jesus as Peter did. Today, I'm excited to introduce Tom Nolte and Jim Lipinski. Tom and Jim separately got their starts in the technology sector. They both have always shared a passion about empowering everyday people to live faith-integrated lives. Miraculously, as the Lord tends to work, God brought these two together around a great commission project called Marketplace Impact LLC. They've put together an excellent resource called Living on Purpose with a great depth of practical biblical insight for everyday living, and it's being used by groups around the world. When they first began to share their story with me, I knew I had to bring them on the podcast to share their story with you. So I don't want to spoil it with any more introduction. I think it's better if you hear directly from them. As you listen, I've put the link to Marketplace Impact down in the show notes below so you can take a look at their website and see what they're doing with Living on Purpose. Just remember their website is marketplace-impact.com and enjoy. Well, welcome Tom and Jim. I'm so thankful to have you on the podcast. I I knew when we first met, I recognized a lot of shared passion, but really hearing your stories really inspired me. It was so encouraging. And even just seeing the way that the Lord's been at work and recognizing just the clear signs of God doing something special that I just got so excited to have you guys on the podcast and get to share these stories with other people. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Awesome. So I want to give you guys a chance to kind of share some of your backgrounds, maybe, you know, kind of what's happening now with Marketplace Impact. But we always start with an icebreaker question. And the icebreaker question we have today is what animal do you most identify with and why? Well, I'll jump in. Um, I guess I'm, I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, if you're not sure or aware, uh, we're the home of Wisconsin Badgers. And so I identify a lot with the Badger uh, from that perspective. Our son, we have two sons who are now grown and have their own families, but we were very involved with sports as they grew up. And so I, I, the Badger was always a big thing from that perspective, uh, with exception for a few years when my son played for the University of Minnesota for baseball, and then we were a gopher for a few years. But other <laughs> than that, Badgers were it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And Jim? Well, I graduated from the University of Minnesota, and I could just, even though I'm a graduate of it, I could never identify as a gopher. I just, it's <laughs> like, you know, there's just something about that, uh, even though I pull for him. I'm going to go with an eagle. I, oh, yeah. I love, I love heights and soaring and and just cruising, and um and getting a view of things from up above. And yeah, I also like being on the ground too, though. And they get to do both. So I would choose an eagle. So great. Just for uh, for the sake of the audience, uh, I'd love for each of you to get to take a moment and kind of give a little bit of background of a little bit of you know, who you are, how you got your start, maybe a little bit, some of your background, but also how you initially began to connect God's heart for the workplace, for, for people in their everyday life, of living a faith-integrated life. Where did that kind of first originate from in your story, how you got inspired in that direction? I'd love to hear that. Either one of you, just feel free to jump out. I'll start on that one. 
Um, I graduated from the University of Minnesota in 1980 with, in a, with a degree in business and went into the tech industry. It's a hard place to be an outspoken uh, believer. And I hid my faith the first seven years. And I really felt convicted by, by God uh, to not be hiding, to bring my faith to work. Um, it was 1987, and I determined to do it in my first management role when I was appointed to head of sales for my tech company in Los Angeles. And I wasn't sure how to do it. I was afraid to do it, but um, I asked God's help. And he laid on me two passages really quickly um, from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does one hide, light a lamp and hide it under a bushel. So basically, I felt the Lord saying, let people know you're a follower of mine. And then I said, okay, Lord, I can do that. And that's kind of scary. But then what? And he laid on me 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where Paul says, I didn't come to you with wise words uh, spouting the wisdom of God, but rather professing to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. And he went on to say, um, I wanted to come to you in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and in power that your faith wouldn't rest on, on men, but on God. So I, des I decided, Logan, that what I would do is let people know I'm a Christian and then show them Jesus Christ empowered by the Holy Spirit. And God blew open doors for me in crazy ways. This is before the faith work movement. Um, I was in some really hard settings and hard places. And, you know, perhaps we can unpack one or two of those stories later. Um, for the next 23 years of my tech career, I expressed my faith everywhere I went. I viewed that as my ministry. And God brought me to the place after 30 years in business to join the leadership team of a global ministry. So I, I did that to help them engage marketplace people to live out their faith in cross-cultural settings. For the last 12 years, I've been involved in discipling uh, marketplace people around the world to live out their faith in very natural ways that I like to say are as easy as walking and breathing if we understand how to do it. So that's how I got to this moment to this day. And Tom and I founded uh, Marketplace Impact um, at the beginning of the year, and we're really excited to see how God's going to be using it. Yeah, and I, I uh, also, from tech industry, I'm actually a computer science uh, person by education, and and much more of a programmer and, and developed as my career went on into uh, more management and, and uh, operations from a tech perspective. And I, too, was, uh, you know, some interesting spots with faith and everything else. And I, and I actually, unlike Jim, probably didn't have maybe the courage to share my faith as much and openly as Jim did. I wasn't really sure how, didn't have a lot of people showing me how, and there wasn't a lot of resources available to, to learn that. and. Um, I didn't uh, hide my faith. If people asked, I certainly talked about it, but I wasn't outwardly uh, sharing in, in a way that uh, I would today. And um, all through all of that, I think a lot of it, I, I really did it kind of uh, on, the, on the sly, so to speak. I, I was much, uh, today's uh, servant leadership is a, a big topic and it's been that way for quite a while. I, I kind of believe that early, early on. If I uh, could help somebody else that worked for me to get a little farther down the road, that was uh, how I made my career by helping somebody else be better. And yeah. that always seemed to kind of get 
uh, get me where I wanted to go as, and as far as I wanted to go uh, and led me like Jim to a lot of really neat spots and a lot of great companies. Uh, and we did some really special things. So from that perspective, Faith kind of uh, rode in my back pocket most of the time and I did my thing. And uh, when I retired last uh, summer from uh, from work, uh, Jim linked up with me over LinkedIn and we got we hadn't been talked for a while and we got to talking a little bit. And next thing you know, we started talking about marketplace impact and, and living on purpose specifically. And it was one of those things that it was I'd been looking for something for quite a while as I was contemplating retirement to kind of link my love for technology, but also just uh, love for God and wanted to kind of find something that married those two things together. And this, as we talked, it became a much more uh, real thing to be able to share your faith and be able to have that out, out front and out uh, and center. And um, as we've gotten more and more into it, it's just become a, a very special experience all the way th through. So we've been very fortunate when we did this. Yeah, fantastic. When you first got connected to Jim, was that already through kind of market, what was happening with Marketplace Impact or how, what was that just work related or how did you guys first connect? Well, Jim, uh, actually, I announced my retirement on LinkedIn and he said, hey, you know, uh, I noticed that you wanted to do some things with mentorship or you enjoyed mentorship and I wanted to just talk to you about it. And so it was just kind of one of those weird little messages that kind of pop up and you could easily ignore, I guess. But I, you know, I wanted to talk with Jim because I haven't talked to him for a long time. And we got on the phone and he had mentioned a couple things about what he was doing and kind of where he was at with uh, with living on purpose. And he was needing some help, but just wanted to kind of see if I was even interested. And so I, at the, that day, I actually happened to have a, a a retirement party for myself at a uh, at my office, and uh, we happened to go to a baseball game uh, as part of that. And I talked to a few friends at work, and I just said, "Hey, I had this really interesting call with a guy that I'd worked with years ago, and here's what he's kind of talking about." And they said, "Boy, you know that would be the ideal thing for you." And I'm like, "Well, why would you say that?" He said, "Well, that's just you know that's everything that you are." And uh, so it was kind of interesting from that perspective, and then. The following Sunday, we had a, a, a sermon at church, and it was all about uh, um, faith at work. And it was just kind of one of those strange things that, you know, I was like, well, there's another sign, you know, somewhere along the line, I need to take uh, this seriously. And uh, the more we talked to uh, Jim and I, it just made more and more sense. And so it was it was a fantastic thing to have happened to me. Oh, that's that's so cool. Uh, and what a neat way the Lord kind of puts together a divine appointment. Might have felt coincidental or a little bit out of the blue to you at first, but ah, oh, so good. The Lord works in those things. Here's what I want to ask is what does it look like? What's the difference between somebody who's living a faith integrated life, even in their workplace? I mean, what, what are the differences in the experience and the attitudes of somebody who's walking in a faith integrated life in their workplace and someone that's not what what does it look like and mean for somebody to do that um i'll start you know the faith work movement has been going on for more than a generation and it urges people to bring your faith to work to let others know about christ it looks different from this isn't just a little strategy logan like how do I do better about telling people about Jesus? 
Um, that tends to be something that comes from my own mind and my own flesh, and my own effort. The difference is, and what we're inviting people into, is to live on purpose, live the purpose that Christ made us for and leaves us here on earth for after we come to faith in him. And that purpose is to reflect him everywhere, not just at work, but at home, in our neighborhood, in our communities. And reflecting him isn't just trying harder to talk about Jesus more. It literally is empowered by the Holy Spirit being Jesus, so that people, when they encounter us, go, I've never met anybody like, like Logan or Tom or Jim, because what we're doing is we're helping people and discipling people and seeing a big, massive, beautiful, majestic God who's ultimately intimately with you and me, who has invited us not to have our career over here and then a little bit of ministry over here, but to see that I've placed you on earth to reflect me everywhere. It's not your career, it's mine. You steward that for my purposes. They're not your gifts, they're mine. And oh, by the way, any task you do, any accomplishment you achieve, you know, that's nice, but that's going to burn. People made in the image of God are eternal. And the impact that you have on people lasts forever. It changes our mindset so that the difference is we are taking our selfish, self-centered interests and bringing them to the throne and laying them down before God and saying, give me instead, God, your mind and heart. And let me reflect that well and demonstrate it well so that people say, as I said earlier, who are you? And it blows open doors for the gospel. It blows them open with people you would never expect would want to know about it. And oh, by the way, because we're living in the way that he has asked us to live, and as scriptures and word tells us to live, he also blesses those things. So there's the opportunity for success to come as well, success from the world's perspective. My clients loved doing business with me because they knew they could count on me delivering what I said. So that's the difference. And it it carries beyond the workplace, to my neighborhood and community, to my extended family and friends, and of course, to my home. Yeah, I think I would just add one thing, I guess. One of the things that when I when I heard share my faith at work uh, throughout the years, I always pictured, for whatever reason, this person that would be spouting Bible verses all over the place, and they would just be kind of annoying, quite honestly. And I just, you know, that, that was one of those things. I was like, you know, I I just don't, you know, one of the, one of my memories from years ago was as a gentleman uh, downtown Milwaukee. He was very famous for uh, sitting uh, outside one of the bank buildings downtown Milwaukee and just reading the Bible and just preaching away. And I mean, he was a really interesting guy. But I just that was the one thing I just did not want to be at all. And when Jim started talking about faith at work, I'm like, oh, that, this isn't right. But as he started talking about what that really meant to him. It really resonated with me because it was something that I was already doing. I just didn't know it, quite honestly, in, in a lot of ways. And it was I was just missing that that last link of doing doing what I do and doing and having God be part of my life. But when someone asked me about it, 
actually kind of taking that next step and and talking to him about faith. And um, I always had probably when looking back, I had that that opportunity to kind of put my foot in the door, but I just never took it. And I think that's kind of the thing that, as Jim describes this, it's one of those things that it's really about being you and being natural about yourself, but being, you know, acting in the way God wants you to act. And people will notice that in a big way. And then once they notice, you have your chance to kind of share your faith that way. And it becomes much more natural as opposed to standing on the street corner and shouting at people. I'll I'll just add to that. It's not telling people about Jesus. It's telling people about me and letting them know I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Christian. And that impacts and influences what you're going to experience from me. And it's just different telling them people telling people yeah, this is who I am than hey I want to tell you about Jesus. And then I get to show them Jesus by living so differently. Then they want to know. Exactly. When it's just a bumper sticker, when it's just a a faith that we're trying to integrate in name only and say, hey, I put the ichthus fish on my business card or I got the bookmark with the Bible verse on it. But if that's the only way that somebody can figure that you're following somebody different, if that's the only way that you're a salt and light, and people can recognize that. It's got to be integrated down into our behaviors, into the way we interact, the way we walk with integrity, that we're actually demonstrating it in the way that we interact, the way we treat people, our customers. And I and like that, to say that it's um, it's important that we do testify that we're a Christian as early as we can. Because then they aren't wondering, why are you different? Sure. So in what ways, like, have you found in your, there's some examples of that in your own story where you had opportunities to have conversations that weren't like running after people and chasing them with the Bible, but that, like Tom was saying, are in the natural course of biz, doing business where you've been able to share that. What does that look like? For me personally, um, I'll give an example from the very first moment when I shared who I was, when I came out, if you will, that way. Right. Um, I I hosted a team meeting of my team in 1987 before you had kind of touchy-feely team kind of things happening. (laughs) And um, I asked my team members, there are about a dozen of them, to each spend time telling us all who are you? Where did you come from? What got you here? What what do you love about life? What do you love about working here? What do you not like about being here? You know, just kind of background everything. And after everybody in the room went around and shared, and we spent hours doing this, and it was a great time. I started by saying, first and foremost, what you need to know about me is I'm a Christ follower. I met the person of Jesus Christ. For real, he is alive, and it stunned me and blew me away to understand he wasn't just a figure in this old dusty book called the Bible. And it changed me forever, and I don't expect any of you to understand that or try to be that, but it's who I am. Yeah. The next morning, I was met by a person who wasn't in the meeting, but who had heard about the meeting. Um, a young woman I didn't know because I'm brand new on the job. She's waiting for me when I get to work at 6 a.m. 
So who, you know, who knows how long she was ready to wait? Wow. Yeah. And I walk into my office and she's yelling at me. Who do you think you are? Why do you think you have a right to tell a woman what she should do with her body? Mm. Going, who are you? What are you talking about? And she follows me into my office, still yelling and screaming at me. And I said, is this about abortion? Is this? Yeah. And you Christians think that you should dictate what we women do. Who do you think you are? And my mind started going, Logan, to, well, how do I answer her? What do I say to justify? Yes, I am pro-life. Here's why. Um, and my mind starts racing that way. And I'm thinking all of those are dead ends. They're just going to make her more angry. Dear God, you know her. You know what prompted her to do this. I don't. Give me wisdom. And as I prayed that prayer, um, he started speaking to my heart, to my mind and heart. And while she's yelling, um, he brought clarity. And I, when she was done yelling after maybe 10 minutes, I said, wow, you're really, really worked up on this. This is really important to you. So much so that you met me here before you didn't even know what time I'd come in. Yeah. And um, why? Why? Why are you so angry? Why are you here? Why are you yelling at a stranger who you don't even know and you don't know for sure what my position is? Why? And at that moment, her face melted from rage to devastation. Just heart-wrenching and she started sobbing and crying and i'm sitting there thinking oh man lord help me guide me and after a couple minutes i said what's going on why are you crying she said through sobs god hates me mm. and he could never forgive me because I killed my baby, and he could never forgive me. Mm. And I'm sitting there going, oh, man. And I'm praying, and God's giving me his words. He really was. And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I can't even begin to imagine what you're feeling now and as a man and you know someone who hasn't experienced what you have my heart breaks for you but i have some really important really good news for you god doesn't hate you he doesn't hate you at all as a matter of fact he loves you with a love you can't even begin to know he gave his only son. He gave his son to save people like you and me from his judgment and sin, from sin and judgment. And he offers that to you now. And I had the chance to share the gospel with her. And she didn't accept my invitation to pray and accept Christ then and there. It changed our relationship forever. I don't know what ended up happening ex explicitly with her. But from that moment on, our relationship was completely different. 
And I will say I had many opportunities thereafter with many other people, like the next week, the next month, to share the gospel and lead them to Christ just by meeting them where they were and asking God's wisdom and help. Mm. Yeah, that's a remarkable story. A really heartfelt story and really demonstrates not just, you know, like you said, answering with, uh, oh my gosh, all the first answers that come to your mind, but being able to meet somebody where they're at and in a compassionate and relational way, be present the gospel and let it be salt and light. I, I just want to add an example. Really, it's not so much my personal one, but my niece. And as I was talking with Jim about Marketplace Impact, I talked to uh, my niece and, and she and her husband have a, their own business and they do a gymnasium for underprivileged and uh, low-income people up in the Twin Cities. And, and uh, they've been just blessed with a lot of great activity and, and their business is really doing well. But one of the things that they have, a lot of the people that work there are people uh, somewhat lower paid just by the nature of what their business is. But um, she said, we, well, one day uh, they, as we, I got the story from her primarily because we were talking about living on purpose and what that meant. And, and if they had any uh, need for, um, or uh, content to help them, you know, live their faith through their work. And, and I knew that her and her husband are very strong Christians. And she said, you know, it's funny, we've been looking for content all over the place and we just can't find it. And we've been kind of gluing stuff together um, ourselves. But so just, you know, as a, as a story, she said, I, I, we had a situation where one of our frontline workers was dealing with a parent. And through that, said something that basically kind of set the parent off wherever it was either it wasn't appropriate or the parent took it in the wrong way and she said we sat at the got it all taken care of with the parent and that was all fine and so we sat down with the, the lady that was at the worker and she said you know i could tell right away she was nervous and it wasn't going to go you know she was not feeling very good about it and she said, you know, are you okay? And she said, yeah, I'm fine. And this is, we went through all of this, uh, the whole scenario kind of told her what she did wrong and what she should be doing. You know, she'd do it again. You know, if it happens again, here's how you should react to that. And here's what we would expect of you. And she said, okay, great. And she said, but at the end of that conversation, you could tell she was still waiting for something to happen. And she said, are, you know, what's, what's wrong? She says, well, are you going to fire me? Right. And she said, no, why would you think that? She said, well, all, all my other jobs, if I would have, you know, if something like this would have happened, they would have fired me just instantly. Wow. She says, well, that's not really what we do. She says, I, you know, I, uh, we, we want to make sure that you know what you did wrong and what you can do right. But, you know, it says, we're not going to fire you. And she said, why not? And she said, well, a part of, you know, part of who I am is I'm a Christian. and." Part of being a Christian is forgiveness, and this is all about forgiveness. Now, you know, we don't, we don't want you to do it again, but he said, you know, there's no reason to fire you. You're a good person. You're a good worker, and we want you to you know, be productive in the future. And it was a great example. And she said after that, she said, you know, the lady just kind of stared at her and just wasn't sure what was going on. And she, the more they talked about it, 
she was a very grateful, but B, she went and talked to almost everybody that she worked with about that experience. And she said it, it turned out um, to be such a great situation because it, it, a, it improved the morale of the organization tremendously because they knew they kind of had that second chance effect. But it also, I think, gave them a chance to talk about their faith too. And and I think it it continues to grow there, I think, from that perspective. But it's one of those, it was one of those teachable moments that turned out to be a fantastic thing. Wow. Yeah. What another great example. So I've put in the notes that are connected with the podcast. If you're watching it on YouTube, it'll be in the description down below or wherever you're listening to it. The show notes will have a link to the website that's Marketplace Impact and their material. It's called Living on Purpose. I'd love to just let you guys take a moment to share. So when somebody goes to Marketplace Impact and they're looking at Living on Purpose, what are they going to find? Can you kind of describe what that is and, and um, how you put that together? Living on Purpose came out of a request from an international church in Southeast Asia in a very difficult place to be an open Christian. And I was engaged with them and their leadership to equip them to live out their faith openly in this hard place. And they said, could you put all this in writing? Could you capture this? And so really out of that came a first initial publication of Living on Purpose, the title meaning living for the purpose you're made for and with intention. So it's a seven-week devotional that focuses on six primary areas of what it looks like to live with that purpose. The first is, how do I see or not see and believe and not believe Almighty God in my heart? So if there's areas I'm not believing him for, trusting him with, seeing that he is able to do, I'm not going to live certain ways. The second is, do I understand God's purpose for creation, his purpose for man, and his purpose for me? Yeah. And to what extent am I or am I not living out his purpose for me? The third area of the devotional focuses on, do I live from a fleshly mindset or a kingdom mindset? Do I kind of default to just doing things a certain way out of my own strength and my own way of thinking? Or am I led by a kingdom mindset in making decisions? The fourth is, do I live in such a way that I love people with radical love, with Christ's agape love, not transactional, not if you do this, I'll do this. You wounded me. I'm going to guard myself. The fifth area is, am I living in a way where I hide who I am or am I living openly for Christ? And the sixth area is, okay, now taking all that into account, to what extent am I trying to live this way out of my own strength versus do I live empowered by the Holy Spirit, living empowered, walking in the power of the Spirit? So those six areas are covered in the devotional. The devotional is offered um, as an individual track or as a small group study that offers some other resources around a seven-week small group study. Or there's a deeper dive approach, Logan, where if people really want to go deep on this, perhaps they've taken and done walked through the devotional. And they want to go deeper yet. Or they're just ready. I'm ready for more now. I'm ready yeah. for more. 
there is what we call an immersive cohort approach where people really wrestle deeply with those things. Take that devotional and its content and add a cohort guide that leads people through a 16-week deep dive. And they're answering four questions against those six devotional areas. What's my current reality Mm -hmm. with how I see or don't see and believe or don't believe God? What could be? What could be if I really saw him and believed him and surrendered to him and let him have his way? Third question is, what keeps me from doing this? What holds me back? And the fourth question is, okay, in light of all of that, how do I participate with God in transforming me in here from the inside out? Those four questions applied against each of those six areas. So there's a cohort guide, there's an online electronic journal where people have the opportunity to capture their thoughts, and then they meet weekly to share these things out. And it is transforming. Um, Mm. People meet the Lord in deep ways. I like to say it's a shared journey. Everybody's going through the same shared journey, but highly personal. Yeah, because they're dealing very specifically with the things the Lord's brought to them. So that's what people will find on our website. And there's also, there's a way where we we work with individuals. There's a way we work with ministries. And there's a way that we work with employee resource groups for corporations. If a company has a faith-based or a, a Christian-based employee resource group, with which more and more have, um, we offer these things to those organizations. Tom, anything that you would add the only thing I would add is in uh, is it isn't on the website as we speak right at this very moment, but we're in the midst of rolling out uh, another devotional called The Life of Joseph. And yeah. uh, that's more of a companion to the two things and kind of leads us up into the foundation's devotional and uh, immersive cohort. But uh, we're hoping to have that released here in the next day or two. Um, and you can see that as well. And we have a a few other devotionals that we'll be working on as kind of companions to that along the way. Um, and we'll get those out as we can, but that we're really excited about the life of Joseph uh, coming out here shortly. Awesome. Oh, it's such a great example. The story of Joseph and something to dive deep into. I love that. Gosh, we could do a part two podcast, just <laughs> go full, full on Joseph. But uh, I love what you mentioned, too, that companies can make this available as a resource. And a lot of people don't realize companies can make faith-based resources available to their people. Are there other examples of how this is being used or where all are you seeing this be used? Because you mentioned this started out as a resource that was for an international context. And how has it gone from there? Um, We started off bringing this to an international church location in in China. Um, so pretty surprising that it, we could go there. Um, had some really significant impact um, among people there that, um, you know, it's probably not good for me to talk about specifics, but it's sure. really cool stuff. Um, went from there to Vietnam, went from there to Europe, to Germany, to Norway, then to, to South Africa. 
um, and then to Central America. So we've been engaging with different groups, ministries and groups that we collaborate with who go, how do we help equip people to live out their faith? We can cast vision for doing so, but we don't really know what it looks like to do it. So we come alongside those people in those places, and now we're doing it in North America. Um, there have been a number of cohorts that have launched here across the U.S., and we're very happy to partner with other ministries and churches who would like to take this and deliver it themselves. They can kind of own it and own the delivery. We coach them on what that looks like. Um, so we're working with groups here in North America as well now. Tom, anything that you would add? I think, you know, just as, from an experience standpoint, um, we just spoke to our partner in South Africa yesterday. And I think, you know, one of the things that is so interesting, whether it's a church here in the U.S. or in Africa or in Norway, uh, it really doesn't matter. It's it's the, the 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 journey is exactly the same, but yet different for everybody that goes through it. Uh, and it, it really doesn't matter, young or old, uh, and what country they come from or what culture they come from. It it has a huge huge impact on them personally and for those around them. And I think one of the super interesting things about our conversation yesterday was that predominantly a lot of who we've been working with are expat type of churches. But uh, in this particular situation, they are, they're still doing that, but they're also very, very focused on the Africans locally. And it's really, they have seen some just unbelievable uh, responses and outcomes of that particular uh, journey through living on purpose and other things as well. But they've really just, they're really having. Uh, a super, super uh, impactful journey along the way in what they're doing. And it's fun to see the enthusiasm. If nothing else, from our perspective, I think it's just great to see the enthusiasm happening, not only through our, our materials, but just uh, how the Lord's working through each of these people along the way in their locations. Yes. Yeah. It's so encouraging to me to hear about what's happening with this because it's such an example of really good things that are occurring right now that are spreading. It's a positive trend in the right direction. What you guys have put together in the way that God is using it has been an encouraging story for me. And I believe it's encouraging for everybody who's listening to this, that there's really good positive trends that are happening right now. I know there's a lot happening in the news and there's a lot happening around the world, but what God's doing in his redemptive plan and his work through programs like this is not suspended. This is a, a awesome opportunity for Jesus to be glorified, for the gospel to go forth that God's using right now through this tool. And so I want to direct people to the website. You can grab the link in the show notes. But if there's a particular way, like if there's somebody who's interested in more of a partnership, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Probably the, the easiest way is to just go to our website. There's a contact page there, and it will certainly email Jim and I. The other way is just to email us at info at marketplaceimpact.com. And uh, we'll respond to you just as soon as we possibly can. And we'd love to partner with you in whatever way that makes sense for your situation. Wonderful. I'll make sure that those little notes are down there in the show notes as well. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast with me today. I so appreciate it. Thank you for inviting us and giving us the opportunity to share. We, we are genuinely humble about the opportunity 
to to join God in this. And it is a privilege to watch, see what he's doing, Logan. And thank you for the opportunity. Amen. And thank you, Logan. And, and for all you do too. We, uh, I see you on LinkedIn pretty much every day and uh, enjoy your podcast. So thank you very much for what you do. Right on. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Please visit ServantLeaderNetwork.org for more helpful resources for your leadership journey. And always bring your water walking shoes.